a law that is followed or something. I don't know. I just, I've never really heard about the descent before the ascent, but here it, even the earth uh, goes through uh, this descent before it can be, um, go into its paradisiacal glory again and everything. It seems like it's a, a law or something. I don't know. It doesn't ever say that per se, but Anyway, it seems to be a necessary part in order to ascend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. Like we know that even Earth was not where it's in its current orbit or whatever when it was in that paradisiacal glory with Adam and Eve, that it actually fell when Adam fell, right? And, and the Earth has to go through all of our same... <sighs> descent to us and phases and, and things in order to um, inherit its eternal glory as well. Um, but yeah, it seems to be an eternal law. Is that just for our world or is that a universal law where that applies to all generations of, of God's? It, it seems like it's, it must be eternal because, because why why would they have to premeditated premeditated so they got together and they go, okay how can we go about and perpetuate this fall you know so that they that can happen you know like it would have been so much easier just to you know do it maybe other ways but it seems like that has to be that way and and why why am I such an old woman and I just hearing about this descent before ascent? It's probably because I didn't understand Isaiah before. Mm -hmm. But yeah, how but, interesting studying Isaiah is now. It really opens up the the paradigm on on things. Uh, I'm studying uh, Lehi's vision again. You know, and some tried and true. <laughs> scripture to, to start out with and now I'm seeing Isaiah's levels and it's just unlocking everything about Lehi's vision here and Nephi's subsequent vision that I've never seen before like I thought I had Nephi's or Lehi's vision pretty well understood I, I thought I had it on a good high level and everything but but no nothing like what I'm understanding now like it, it's so much deeper than I had previously understood um, I just really seen the chat from, from L here. She says in, in Revelation 2.17, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna and will give him a white stone and that stone a new name written, which no man knoweth saving he that receive it. Yeah, that's very interesting. Like, is that the, the name we receive in the temple, we just haven't received the white stone yet, or is that a future name that we are yet to receive? I, I've always wondered that. Um, if anybody has received their white stone, I'd love to know it because <laughs> I want to know that process. <laughs> is the white stone literal or is it figurative, symbolic? Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much so. So like it could be um, white, that holy symbolic um, color, you know, we're dressed in white in the temple, etc. I don't know. That, that's a very good question. I've always wondered that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it this actual white stone that we're given? Are we given like a Urim and Thummim? Is that kind of what it's saying? Or is it um, a, a, a stone of of remembrance so that we remember the covenants that we've entered into yeah i don't know i personally found the three tests really really interesting mm -hmm. um for this how we all have to go through three different tests to um resemble um those are the greek legends i thought that was really interesting and then to put it in my own life, to think, you know, 
wow I because I've had so many trials in the last couple years like sometimes it's like they felt like waves like I barely could stand up and then another one comes and another one comes and I felt like a lot of people did but then I looked around at my family and it just seemed like everybody else seems hunky-dory like why am I getting like what I can't even stand up straight and they all look just fine like Mm-hmm. And you never know really what's going on with other people because you don't live in their home. But yeah. this really opened my eyes to, oh, these, this is kind of part of the, the ladder that you have to go through. But um, I thought it was really interesting and um, I could really put it introspective in my own life. Yeah, for sure. So having come out of uh, the Abraham book club and, and looking at Abraham's life, what were his three tests of loyalty? Like what was his test of the uh, political dictatorship? What was his test of the idolatry? And what was his test of ostracism? Um, or were they experienced differently for, for different people, etc.? I found that interesting as I was going through this trying to, cause I, I like relating it to other people, relating it to myself. Like, have I experienced any of these? Uh, where am I at on, on my three tests of loyalty? Um, I like how it says that the three tests don't necessarily follow any particular order yet constitute trials of God's people in every sense. Um, I, I think that, you know, just as our, our modern day, we're definitely going through political dictatorships in, in waves, um, uh, and we will see the the Antichrist come into play and and really have a a huge test and trial in in that. Um, the idolatry, I mean, we we see it. We're we're so steeped in it. Even within the church, we are very idolatrous, and uh, sometimes we just don't even know it. Um, like it says uh, here that. Um, some of those materialisms and sensual gratifications can sneak up on us. And uh, until we're, we're fled from it, we often don't even see ourselves in it. Um, I find that very interesting. We can see that really heavily in Abraham's story, though, the, the idolatry and um, his time there in Ur with, with King Nimrod and, and his father Terah and, and some of those others that, that came into to play very much so. Uh, even down into Egypt and with the king of Gerar, etc. But um well I also like the part that same paragraph down below where it's on 152 um the paragraph where it says additionally these three tests incorporate temptations such as envy, jealousy, lust, hate, anger, pride and amb- personal ambition. Like that's so relatable, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and just watching members of the church and how they're kind of um, maneuvering through this last year and not in a judgmental way, but think, wow, oh, you know, yeah. we're all doing it in such a different way. Some people it's made us so much stronger and then other people are getting more caught up on the bandwagon of hate of government and anger and I could get on that too, but I just decided I'd rather just focus on my testimony and just focus on building me rather than getting in all these groups and anti this mask and anti this and anti that, even though I do have strong feelings about a lot of it, mm-hmm. but still that could have been one of my tests. That could be a test right there because had I got into that, you know, got into I don't know where that, what road that would have taken me on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think everybody's journey is uh, different in lots of different aspects, you know, like some people are, are thrust into the, the political things on, on purpose, you know, God's leading them that way. Some people, there's, there's tests to, to get out of it and, and things, you know, idolatry in and of itself has um, different avenues for for different people some people are are caught up in the entertainment industry for example and and setting up gods that way yet in in some ways it's just fine for for some people and uh, it all kind of depends what we bring to the table with our 
our things, you know? And so I'm, I'm very much like you this last year is like, I just need to step away from all of the heated political stuff. I, I have my opinions. I'm going to vote. I'm going to research my vote, et cetera. But at the end of the day, I, I just don't want to participate in all the fights anymore <laughs> kind of thing. I, just amazing to me how much this lines up with where we are. Like, I can't hardly even think that it's not talking about right this very minute. Like, I think it applies right. to all the days, but then there's so many things that go, I just go, oh, this sounds so familiar. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it could not be talking about right this very minute. A few, <laughs> um, the one part, hold on one sec. My dog's in a bark. Okay. I have dogs in here, so I'll try to tame <laughs> them, but hold on one sec. Um, the part is the very, I think it's the very end. This part really took me back. Um, actually it's not the very end, where is it? Okay, I'm 154. Um, the religious leaders, it's the very last, no, it's the second to last paragraph. It talks about um, another trial of God's people face is the tendency to, by some to control other spiritual lives. And this one really <laughs> hit home to me just because a lot of the people that I really liked and, and followed just on media and stuff have been excommunicated and not a lot, but a few that I, I felt like, oh, they're a really good person. Like that really was hard for me to understand. And then kind of a fear of, oh, if you say too much and you have too strong of an opinion, you're going to get excommunicated. Like, <laughs> like that has felt really real to me. Mm -hmm. um, and you probably know who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I probably don't need to talk to say who it was. <laughs> who these people are. In fact, even, even the author of this book, you know, he was excommunicated and then, you know, apologized and he was put back in. Um, right? Yeah. So, like, he... Uh, was excommunicated with the, the September 7 and um, anyway he, he went back and, and readdressed it as like I, I don't think that I should be grouped in with with the rest of these people that got excommunicated I, I did nothing wrong I, I'm sitting here doing this kind of thing and they looked at it and reinstated him right away I thought and, it was Elder McConkie that found this I thought it was him that that said hey he was right all along wasn't mm -hmm. that that's yeah. what I read online yeah, exactly. He was just lumped in with those those September seven that. Uh, oh, you know, okay. And, I didn't hear the ones. September seven part. Yeah, and you know they have never come back to the church. They've never wanted to. They can't leave the church alone after all of that. But. Um, but, but this yeah. is but this paragraph fits that so perfect that it's really <laughs> helped me understand. Driven by an ungodly loathing of those more zealous for God than themselves, certain brethren, religious leaders, misuse their authority. By acting holier than thou, contrary to Jesus' counsel, they pull the wheat, they pull out the wheat with the tares, excommunicating and blacklisting those whom they cannot bear. Mm -hmm. These suffer the misfortune of being social outcasts, of being treated um, as apostates. I that what like that really comforted me. Like I really to know that was we are living in those days. It actually brought me comfort. Oh, it's just playing out the way it's supposed to play out. It's not, you don't have to be scared to post something that's different, a different view of something than other people. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. a little, um, like Mike Michael Stroud. I didn't feel like anything of his was at all out there. I didn't think his stuff was one bit out there that I read or listened to. I really liked his stuff. And I kind of, that's been kind of a challenge for me to understand, like, why did they, when we're all hungry to learn, and then we find somebody that we really feel like has truth, and then they cut it off. But then when you look about it, oh, it's just part of the plan, and it's part of the ascension and descension, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, how many people have, have went after, like, Jody Stoddard, even, and tried to get her oh I, know. oh, I know. It's like, there's been nothing that's been off yes. or anything. Oh, I've had people personally say, oh, she's this or this, she's that. And I think, 
that is just it so it's it's hard because you I almost feel like they're my friends like I don't even know you Cameron but I feel like you're my friend because I <laughs> like they become like your friends because you listen to them and you're interacting with them online you know and you start and so when they when I have had people that have been you know excommunicated it feels kind of personal it's yeah. like god oh, they didn't even do anything but mm-hmm. it's like I just thought well I guess you can't get ahead of the prophet you just they can't say more than they're saying Mm-hmm. but yeah, really but really it's the, the most i think usually it's the general authorities it's their state presidents or somebody that they're they're what this is talking about mm-hmm. they're that holier than thou you're talking you're saying more than i want you to say i don't want you to have a following you know and mm-hmm. so it, to me this is comforting to go oh it's just how it's supposed to be then it feels like it you know that they're just playing the part mm-hmm. yeah like growing up uh I always heard that uh, like Cleon Skousen was like a no-go. You don't touch that. It, he's he's yeah, very yeah. And I'm just like, the more I'm learning awesome. America and stuff, and I'm like, man, he was like spot on on, on lots of different things. But, you know, like anybody, like don't take my opinion for half of the stuff I say, you know, like it's just my opinion and I'm learning. I'm on a different level than, than right. and stuff. And I, I might have to recant half of the things I say, but it's not like I'm trying to to put everything out there as doctrine and no and I think and I think we all crave that we all want the community that we can discuss it and learn together because some of us just learn better you know reading it and talking about it and chewing it and you know digesting it rather than just read the book and be done you know we want (laughs) to we want to dive in and see other people's opinions so I don't know for me that was like wow that and then I've had bishops that just weren't very nice people. They, they just weren't nice. They were, didn't treat us nice. They weren't nice. And, and that was a real, I would just think to myself, this is a, just a challenge for us to get through the next five years. Mm-hmm. You know, we just, we know the church is true. We just have a bishop that he was exactly like this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, just that ladder it's we just gotta go you know you just have to go through the motions and how are you going to serve god even with this opposing factor i you could just stay home and say i'm not going to church those are the bishop and that happens all the time yeah right exactly and you see people do that and it's like well the only the test that it's exactly what he's talking about on here exactly and and look at like christ day or any of these these previous prophets you know they dealt with that in in lots of different things where even you know the the church is made up of imperfect people that's all it was ever meant to be and 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 sometimes people get it wrong but uh, it can't affect our our testimonies like president nelson is trying to get us to go directly to the source hear him like mm-hmm. always hear him and and you won't be led astray you're you're always going to be right when you have an open communication with with god with christ with with the holy ghost right and if you're having those open communications with god then these little things won't throw you off because you're not going to put your trust in the arm of the flesh right mm-hmm. you're going to be you're going to be respectful but not like put your whole all the all your testimony on number five like we're mm-hmm. not gonna the whole my whole testimony banks on if this bishop's nice right yep. you're just not gonna do that yeah exactly and so yeah when it uh, lines out three tests of loyalty it's just like i love lists or i love like condensing it down into its most simplest parts and stuff and i i just love that it's like oh okay I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. And just kind of keep those in the forethought uh, so that when they are presenting themselves, it's like, okay, you just got to go through it with faith and um, pass the test. Really? Yeah, I love that. Um, let's see. I, I yeah. like. Go ahead. Um, this principle on like 157, where it's talking about the home versus the abroad and the, the arch tyrant that um, comes there and everything. I, I found that very interesting as we're through the different phases of the restoration, you know, we had the, the main gathering push where we're coming from, from New York and Kirtland and um, 
Missouri, et cetera, and then gathering into Salt Lake. It's, it's all about collecting and gathering. And then there's this uh, evolution of the restoration where now it's a worldwide church and, and we're lifting where we stand. But at the end times that there's going to be this, this great inheritance of, of land, right? That uh, we're going to be gathered home for kind of a final time here. And the, the arch tyrant is not going to like how all of this plays out and how he uh, both attacks people at home and abroad and um, what that looks like as we've studied Ezra's eagle, etc. And um, uh, the remnant shall return, Michael Rush's book and, and things like that, where uh, the Antichrist really does have two different uh, peoples or scenarios that he's attacking and uh, how all of that plays out in these last days I found very fascinating and I didn't know that it was in Isaiah as well and here um, talking about this um, uh, let's see it's like 157 through 160 ish um, how all of that plays out before the millennium really takes hold and anyway I, I found that very interesting and, and how it's talking about place versus people, uh, distinguishing what Zion is and what Jerusalem is. Um, anyway, I, I found that enlightening. I, I, I loved how Isaiah is another witness of that end time scenario playing out. And Cameron, last week we learned about um, that the three bottom layers on the ladder um, don't survive. They, they're burned. Yeah. And, um, and that includes the Jacob Israel ladder. And that was like, yikes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in here on page 60, it talks about that. And it says that um, those Jacob Israel people, a lot of them are going to be saved. They're right at the last because they physically come in and defend God's people. And boy, I can see a lot of them envisioning them doing that. And, and a lot of them, that is what helps them on their ascent. And they, they make it into the uh, Zion, Jerusalem level, kind of in the nick of time, you know, mm -hmm. so that they're saved. And but it's because of this uh, defending God's people thing. Yeah, it, it's very interesting because even our descents or even our times of trial are to bless us in uh, the eventually, right? So. Like, you know, war is, is always not a good thing. I mean, we try to avoid it at all costs. But here we see that on page 160 where that holy war is actually propelling some of those Jacob slash Israel people up higher when they actually prove themselves. That even though they might not know that they need to ascend to the Zion level or anything like that, but this is the way that they get there. You know, they're, they're kind of forced into that because they right, right, right. Because if we didn't, if things just went all smooth and everything just went, this all just transit, like if it just transitioned yeah. and we have all of this, people wouldn't have to choose and there wouldn't, that it's going to even be more of a separation because things get so hard. Like in, it just makes sense. Like it just makes sense. It's gonna, it's gonna separate. It's gonna, it's gonna separate the wheat from the tear. And um, I thought it was so. Like it said, I can't find where it said it. How the people that are hungry, that are the evil, and then the ones that that they will have plenty to eat. It's, I can't find where it is. Uh -huh, yeah. Um, I, they will just have plenty. They'll have plenty. Like, it just sounds like, oh, it's not even going to be hard for them. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. To me, it's, it's, it's how Heavenly Father does everything. He, he's not going to force you to do it, but you're going to give you something that's going to kind <laughs> yeah. of force you. Like, he's going to pull you one way or the other, but he's going to kind of make you decide. Like, are you, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, the, the principle that comes to mind is like, you know, when siblings have little rivalries and they always fight and bicker, etc. But then when an outsider comes in and starts persecuting or right. picking on, no, don't you pick on my brother. Don't you call my brother that I can call him whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's kind of the same principle here with this war that, you know, they might not be ready to ascend yet and they might just be good at coasting along. But because the Lord needs to, to elevate them before the, the world is burned, he, he puts them in a scenario where they have to defend their, their righteous brothers and sisters and thereby prove their loyalty to God in a roundabout way. And so it's like, a okay, so, so now we know that you, <laughs> you really do care about it. You, you know better. And so here's a, a, a situation that you can, can easily springboard and, and ascend from it's very interesting that, that and he also is so generous to let you do that on your own he doesn't force you like yeah. you can ascend before all this happens so you can alleviate some of the problems right yeah exactly i mean you're gonna feel the effects the boat's still gonna rock but you don't have to be like floundering in the water if you want to you know so he he it's and then he does say that i never can find stuff in the chapter either but he does say that that he's he's so generous to let us move at the pace but we do get to choose like we're gonna have to you know either get off the boat or you know one way or the other and i love i love how heavenly father pushes us to ascend but he doesn't force us to ascend yeah he provides good scenarios that we can do it when push comes to shove because <laughs> we can we can do it the easy way or we can do it the hard way and kick and scream sometimes but um uh like the the scripture that says whatever degree of or whatever we attain to in this life it will rise with us in the resurrection kind of thing like eventually we'll get there and, and eventually we'll we'll be progressing and, and rising and stuff but you know if that scripture attests to the fact that if you do it here, if you do it in a timely fashion, then you can alleviate a lot of that. Like you were saying, uh, it's, it's really, um, the easy way to, to go with it at first and, and, and do it that way. You're going to have descent phases, but, um, it's so much easier than being compelled to be righteous later on down the road. Right. <laughs> There's no fence sitters in the last days. It's like well, we have choose one side or the other and it's gonna we can't yeah. we can't sit on the fence any longer you know we're gonna be put in situations where we have to choose i think it says that in the very first chapter yeah mm -hmm. that said it'll be so compelling what's happening that we'll either descend or we'll rise because we can't well, be in the middle anymore and there's not even a middle anymore and the and the yeah. prophet and the apostles have said that there's not that line's gone there's not even that line. It's not even there. You're mm. either far from one to the other. Yeah. And I, I don't, I can totally see that. L, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting once that line's removed and it's like all of these people that were sitting there was like, Oh, what, do, what? Do, okay. So you're either going to, you're going to seek out and find offenses to be offended by and leave the church and find an excuse, or you're going to be like, okay, so my fence is gone and now I need to <laughs> catch right. up with the rest of the herd. <laughs> it's like the people that don't, they just want to follow the prophet. I don't want to do more studying. It was it because we've been force fed like all this time. It's just been like, yeah, just do what the prophet says. Mm -hmm. Everything yeah. works out. Everything works out. But now he's saying, no, you got to hear him because you're, you're not going to make it. You're at, And mm -hmm. we don't know if he won't be here or he won't be able to speak or we don't know. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah. And it, uh, it's interesting. What did he say? He told the brethren, and I think it was that 2019 talk, um, you will not be able to spiritually survive without that constant right. guiding influence of the Holy Spirit. You won't be able to keep your marriages and families and, and everything safe and enduring. It's like, whoa, <laughs> I mean, we got to get on the ball here. We, we've got to do what it takes to, to be personally taught by the Lord himself. It's like, it's interesting the wide interpretations that people have on that it's like oh well, that's nice well, it's not nice this is yeah <laughs> this is, yeah that's exactly what i get in my work oh yeah that was a good talk that's nice um, you're like no like, wait what a minute. Said? 
Do you hear, did you hear what he said? It's like, oh yeah, it was good. It was nice. It was a great talk. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like you didn't pill yourself off the floor like I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Did at King Follett sermon, you know, that Cameron asked us to read. Mm -hmm. Did anybody read that? I didn't. I didn't remember even even telling us about that. I must have missed. I that. didn't get it read, but I'm reading a book that quotes it and. It has a quote in that stood out to me and I just was like oh my goodness and it said and it's in a, it's a book I was reading about um um being reborn and it says hear ye all ends of the earth all priests all ye sinners and all men repent repent and obey the gospel turn to God for your religion won't save you and I thought and I had to look up to see who he was speaking to Joseph Smith I thought was it non-members was it members but they said twenty thousand members were in attendance uh-huh at a funeral was, <laughs> yeah at a funeral so he was speaking 3, to 000. the members so and that's what the prophet's telling us is to hear god i mean he's just the prophet's just the mouthpiece but so many people in our ward oh I'm exactly what the prophet says but i'm like what's he saying <laughs> mm -hmm. it's like they haven't made the connection yet yeah for sure. Yeah, I, I love the King Follow Sermon. It, I first discovered it on my mission. Somebody uh, gave it to me. And anyway, it just rocked my world. It was like, how have I been in the church this long and never heard about some of the stuff that Joseph Smith is teaching? I mean, he's teaching about the omnipresence of God. He's teaching about Bereshit, the, the Elohim, that they're plural. And uh, I mean, so will you will you repost that link again because somehow i must have just missed that part or something mm -hmm. yeah and it's actually a fairly quick read i mean it's just a funeral sermon but i mean yeah it, it's amazing uh, let me write that down before i forget it so can i ask you a question um cameron about what do you think that with the early saints how a third of them fell away do you think that fulfilled the prophecy from um revelations that a, th a third will fall away has that already happened Oh, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think that it happens in every generation. I think a third have to. Oh, okay. So it's but, just something that keeps. Okay. So um, because the, a third is supposed to fall away and then I think another two thirds or something like that. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. yeah, I wondered if that was part of it already and then we're going to lose that many more. And I think when it says the saints, I don't think it means just our church. I think it means Christians, but that's just my own interpretation. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Does he cover some of that in here? Um, I mean, there's there's things that that allude to that. I don't know if that he takes that question okay. and expounds on it. No, but but yeah, the the fact that um, a third will go and then another third, uh, yeah, uh, uh, it actually seems like it was in the last chapter. But I don't know. I. I'm reading ahead and going back and, and everything. I, I have a hard time remembering what chapter is what in, in here. I've got the Abraham book completely memorized. I, I can pick out whatever chapter you want there, but Isaiah decoded, I'm not as familiar with to, to quote a, a chapter on. But um, yeah, that, Thank you. Um, I, I think is, is definitely going to play out again, in my opinion, in, in the last days that we'll only have a third left when he actually comes again of uh right believers and we know that that's not just our church that uh, there's going to be many that right. are just covenant keepers with with god thank you mm -hmm. we talked about that a little bit last week there's going to be two pilgrimages yeah um the ones that get saved and are taken into the millennium but those that are burned get another chance too. They just have to go through the hard way. The way around. They'll have to go the hard way around, but they get a second chance. A second, they called it a second pilgrimage. It's interesting. I mean, God is a, a loving heavenly father. He doesn't just cast people off forever because they make mistakes, even grave ones. Uh, he always gives people a, uh, another shot at, at things, you know, and the principle of universalism is, is you know, here and there. There's lots of different opinions by different prophets and stuff in our dispensation, but 
some of those early ones like Hiram really believed in universalism that that there's always progression for everyone God's God's purpose is to have all of his children back eventually but he has to do it according to their own agency in their own time and sometimes we got some really stubborn people you know myself included that sometimes we we kind of go kicking and screaming and uh, rebel often and so um, that that universalist principle that even punishments are for our own good so that we can eventually rise from them kind of thing. I think that that's a, a, a true principle in my opinion. Um, on page 146, I, I liked this part here. Um, see it so it's the last sentence of the first paragraph it says that when something deviates from these types we can know with a certainty that it's not from god just as moses joshua and king josiah renewed god's covenant with his people so does god's servant at the end of the world god's law and word are the terms of his covenant from which all blessings flow whether to ourselves or to our descendants and so i have the the question written out here so what is that covenant and has it been renewed already or are we waiting to renew that um, just like Moses, Joshua, and King Josiah renewed God's covenant with the people? Um, do we know who the end time servant is and, and has he renewed the covenant? I, I found that an interesting thing reading through this. Can you show me where that is? Uh -huh, yeah, so on 146, it is the um, second paragraph. Okay. I really like the, the chart on the previous page, 145, um, where the, the types of the servants, um, so we have Abraham and Moses, Joshua, Gideon, David, and Cyrus, and that they all play into this, this end time servant there um, and renewing that, that covenant with the people. Um, so we don't know who that will be, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who knows exactly who it plays out to be? I have my strong opinions that, that it is President Nelson, but, you know, other people share different ones. Who knows? But uh, even if President Nelson isn't the end time servant, he's definitely a type for the end time servant. Like, as you said, throughout this whole chapter, I mean, we're just seeing how we're living this, what Isaiah saw, you know? Other dispensations have, have seen parts and things of it, but I mean, this is just like play by play by play. We're living the, the last times leading up to um, the, the second coming. And so, I don't know, I, in my notes, I always put down who I think the servant is uh, on every given little paragraph or idea or whatever. And Nelson's winning so far, but I don't know if that's really him or not. <laughs> I think it's interesting how vague he is about everything, how just he's yeah. vague, so vague. I really wished he would speak up and say something about, about a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But how I think he's probably smart that he doesn't say anything because I think, I think he would be hushed. Mm -hmm. um, I think we would be persecuted more if he did say too much. But yeah. it sure is hard to just sit back and go, please say something, <laughs> say something. But all it is is hear him and gratitude and do, you know, and it's just, and it's just the same stuff. It's just the same thing. They yeah. can't, I don't know if he can't say more or if he just like, it's in the footnotes, people just dig it out, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, just like Moss's most recent video that he talks about uh, many people's experience with, with seeing God, etc. And, you know, we just don't talk like that hardly in, in our modern church. And it's like, why don't we talk about this openly anymore? So many people just grow up thinking that, that it's not a possibility to, to see Christ face to face in this life and, and things. And yet, uh, so many of the prophets, ancient and uh, in this dispensation, have talked about it openly and freely. And 
I don't know, we're, we're just in a phase where the, the church is very worldwide and it's a general thing and we have to speak very generally. And I find that uh, in my progression from Jacob to Zion, I found that very hard to swallow. It's like, it is. oh, just tell I, me. <laughs> I totally agree. I just, because we're in such different days, you can't, the same recipe doesn't fit for today. Mm-hmm. But then again, I don't, are people ready for a different, I don't know if people are really ready. When I look around, I don't think people are ready for more. Like there's. Yeah. If right, they're so, not ready and they are told, then they'll be held at a higher accountability. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're ready. Why would you want to do that to somebody? That's part of it too. Wow. Mm-hmm. Cause then yeah. they're, once I've told you, then you're held to that, that level, <laughs> yeah. right? Because you've been told, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though you don't understand it, you've heard it, you've been told. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And your your heart isn't ready yet to hear. I get frustrated too. I'm I'm a very impatient uh <laughs> latter day saint, yeah. I think. Because <laughs> I want think... more meat. I want more yeah. meat. But you our lesson also... last Sunday on DNC forty five was so milk that it was just it was uh pablum instead of even milk i mean it was there was so much in there that they could have talked about in that class but boy they veered away from it oh my goodness like a hot potato yeah (laughs) our wards the same way exactly it's like it was very sad because i think i think people need to at least open their eyes and and listen to some of the things that are being given to us in these come follow me's and I think we're rehashing like you say the same thing over and over again when we really really need to start progressing so or like Cameron's has, is ascending yeah has the gospel not the not the actual gospel but the level has it descended like because they were talking about this stuff back when when Joseph Smith was here and they were teaching mm-hmm. all this stuff then. But yeah. then it kind of got thrown away and nobody dares to talk about it. And you might get excommunicated if you do. Or if you talk about seeing an angel at the pulpit, people think you're whack. You know, they think you're weird. <laughs> oh, right. Right. But, they and, really- but, but on the other hand, I don't feel like we're really going to be able to ascend to what we need to be without being at that level, like to talk a little bit more realistic about where we are, I don't feel like we can really, do you guys feel like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I, I get frustrated that way too. Even though I understand why it has to be that way. Yeah. Well, even even Christ didn't speak openly. He spoke in parables. You oh, think yeah. about that. Our prophet is basically doing the same thing and wow, then when, I never thought of it that way. When um, when he came back, he had that, or maybe it was okay. I get I get my timelines backwards, some are skewed sometimes. But when Christ was talking to his disciples, and he got very specific with them, was that before he was crucified, or was that after he came back? I can't remember. Just before just before it was it was yes 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 it was just Mm -hmm. to the disciples Mm -hmm. it was not a general population it wasn't his parables out on the mount of wherever you know this was just given to the the disciples they were he was trying to prepare them but even they didn't understand yeah, for sure. And it's interesting, um, uh, taking a Mary Magdalene class and stuff. And if any of you um, read her, uh, her epistle, the, the beloved companion, and it, interesting how when she comes back to the apostles after he's crucified and, and tells them some of the stuffs that that Christ told her, and she's trying to tell the apostles and the apostles are like, why would he tell you that? Like he didn't yeah. even tell us that. And if you look back at the gospels, he was trying to tell them, but they mm-hmm. just weren't getting it because they weren't on that level yet. Versus Mary Magdalene right. That right. had ascended to the seventh heaven and, and she knew some of this right. her meaning. Her mind was opened. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Cameron, I have to go. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see, you. see you guys next week.
Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to the Come Follow Me, the very first year we did it. It said all gospel talks about conversion and what the why we learn the gospel and what the purpose of it. But the very first lesson was we are responsible for our own learning. Yeah. So the prophet's not going to teach us. General Conference is to lead us to our own discoveries and our own learning. So it's up to us to ask, to seek, and to find. Yeah. So when we have the question, what does he really mean by what he just said? It's going to lead us to look in those footnotes, especially when he's standing there selling, telling us. I was blown away back mm-hmm. in 2016 yeah. when I read his footnotes to one of the first conferences he was in. I was like, Whoa. if you didn't read the footnotes, you would have missed the whole talk because mm-hmm. he, he seems to talk in those those very general, vague platitudes that we've mm-hmm. been taught, you know, that are all very wonderful. Uh, they're good principles, but there's more to it than than just the overall general vague principle. Yeah. And you you find it when you start asking these questions. Well, what does that look like in my life? What do I need to do in my life to get those blessings that were promised in the scriptures? When she's talking about, you don't get up on the pulpit and talk about, well, I was told this in answer to my prayers. I'll tell you, if people aren't ready to hear it, they're just not ready to hear it. Even though it tells us in the scriptures all the time, seek and you will find you. He'll come to you. He'll talk to you. You'll, he'll tell you in your heart and in your mind. Yeah. And it, it does happen that way. I was talking at a, at a baptism one time and um, about a very sacred experience that I had when I had actually lost a daughter on the beach and it was very packed and crowded and she wasn't old enough to swim against any kind of current. She's just a four-year-old, beautiful, blonde, long down to her waist, blue, you know, just beautiful little girl. And I fell apart because I couldn't find her. I had four little ones. The youngest one was just toddler age. And then um, the oldest one was six because they were very close in age and I had to keep my eye on them. We first got there, it wasn't very crowded. And then all of a sudden it got super packed. A lot of people, you couldn't see six feet away from you. There's so many people. And I didn't, I'm not a beach goer really. So I didn't expect it because we got there early and, and it was just, you know, it's like picnic in the park, you know, but I started talking about it. And uh, this experience I had was, I, I heard I was told in, 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 no, in an audible voice to myself, it was in my head, but it was audible. It was a man's voice and told me exactly what to do, but I got shut down. Um, not by people necessarily, which might happen in some places other than a baptism. It's very, very family oriented and very small, usually gatherings, but there was somebody there that obviously wasn't ready to hear that message and I wanted to tell my little grandsons son and granddaughter they were twins about how that was um, how Christ answered us in our prayers and we had prayed that you know what to do to find our my, my, my daughter and I wasn't I was I wasn't allowed to finish telling it so yeah the spirit works you know when, when people are not ready or if, it, if if it's going to create discord when it's such a sacred thing i think it uh, the spirit will tell us it's this isn't the place or the time mm-hmm. which was kind of sad because i really wanted to tell them about it and i did later but yeah someone came up to me later and asked me if well did you find her because I, I didn't even finish the story. I mean, I stopped like mid-sentence almost and yeah. sat down. Mm-hmm. It's, that's, how, that's how vivid that experience was during that, to tell that sacred experience. So I, what I'm, my point here is, is that I know the Lord wants us to know these things, but he wants us to know it when we're ready to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we, if we've got, got these questions and we go searching and seeking we start finding places that we can learn more how do you think i found your group you know 
I, I was interesting just... how this group even started, you know, we're just kind of all in the, the same kind of vein looking for more meat and stuff, but we want to mm -hmm. just pass it as a group rather than just kind of a, a comment here on a Facebook group or whatever, but actually. Right. To really dig uh, in and search and seek and find this other meaning or this deeper meaning, this fuller piece of the gospel that we've been missing and the, and the lessons that we get are wonderful, but like you like you're saying, it's it's not everybody's not at the same level of ascending. Mm -hmm. Some people ascend and then go back down and, and come back up again. I guess that's part of the process. One of our our uh, seminary teacher one time explained it in a in a visual way for me. I'm kind of a visual and uh, auto. Uh, you know, both ways anyway he did a graph he, he said this your progression isn't like a straight line or a straight up he said it goes up and down up and down up and hopefully you're generally going up but a lot of times uh we we get discouraged when we find that we're back down here again but then we have to remember it's it's not a straight climb it's little little things here and there that we start learning and practicing mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Sounds a lot like Isaiah's ladder there, <laughs> the descent. Yes, yes, it, yeah. So Isaiah is one one of the, it's it's the only scripture that we've actually been commanded by Jesus Christ to read. Yeah, and how long? And I've tried reading it. <laughs> tried so many times to read it, and I'm like, what am I even reading? I don't understand. <laughs> you do. So it helps to have someone to talk to about it. And yeah, thank you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've been loving all of the group's discussions on it and everything. I'm, I'm so excited to, to go through this. But then after Isaiah Dakota to actually dive into the actual words of Isaiah and, and really pick that apart to understand it on a, a deeper, fuller level. I'm, I'm really excited for that. Um, yeah, our, our time's up, unfortunately, but it, it, it's been a fun ride. It started off a little rocky. I was, <laughs> my brain wasn't quite clicking, but um, uh, anyway, it, it's been a fun discussion. I, I've loved everywhere that we've went with it. Uh, chapter six is is awesome. We're finally ascending on that level to to sons and servants and daughters, obviously, in, the, in that. Um, uh, it's just condensed down to sons and servants, but those proxy deliverers, which is, is going to be huge playing out in, in the future of, of the church and in our lives as, as we ascend the ladder. Um, anyway, it's been fun. We will see you all next week. <laughs> Have a great week. Bye. Bye.